Hi, this is Eddie Beeson. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Oh, where'd it go? Where'd what go? Okay, there you go. I'm still here? Yes, what an introduction. (laughs) Hey, what's up, guys? Christopher Stala here for another Breaking the Fourth Wall. This is why I don't do them live. Uh, Welcome to another edition of Breaking the Fourth Wall. I just got done doing a really, really great interview yet last night. You guys can find it on YouTube and all that now. And it's thanks very much in part to the young lady who I have sitting before me today. She has been in the industry for only about five years now, but has already made a name with her... uh, for herself through contacts, through publicists, uh, being an agent, uh, so many other things, just hand in a lot of pies. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Stacy Toy. Stacy, I'm great. I love hand in a lot of pies. I haven't heard that before. <laughs> That's I, a good one. These are the one, these are the ones I enjoy the most. Like oh, uh, I love it. I've done I've done some great interviews with with some some higher end celebrities and I can I can name drop you know like Jack O'Halloran and and uh, you know Scotty Schwartz and those I are love f- Scotty he is the man really Scotty's is the man <laughs> Scotty was another one who kept me on for about three hours uh, <laughs> and never got bored with the conversation but uh, you know as great as those are the ones I love are the ones that like they have so many different things that they do. Or, you know, like for, for personal preference, like everybody knows Scotty, everybody knows Jack, but I like introducing the ones that nobody knows and really discovering, you know, in a, in a sense. And I don't mean discovering their careers, but discovering who they are behind their careers. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes sense. So I'm excited here. And of course, the first question I've got to ask is what made you move into this field? What made you decide you wanted to? <laughs> I, I fell into it. Um. So I was in the broadcasting industry. I was directing America's highest rated local newscast in the country. You know, I I worked at the Olympics and whatnot. Um, And then the automation systems came in. So I learned a little little bit about them when I was working at 2012 in London. And then in 2014, um, I was actually chosen as one of three people by the uh, inventor and the director of engineering from... The corporate and I helped to perfect the automation systems and troubleshoot them you know for over 50 stations so I perfected my replacement and I'm like uh okay come on the writing's on the wall um you know so I was widowed uh I was very newly widowed um and I had two small children and I quit my full-time comfy job as you know the full financial provider and said you know, this is my one shot. At, at least if I failed, I have no problem going and working at McDonald's. I don't care if I went to Oxford and all that. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to try, but I'm, you know, going to give it my all. Um, and so I actually, uh, I was on my, on 100 Acres of Hell's first set. I got hired as a PR person and um, I started asking questions and those questions led to somebody being let go. And then, you know, they're like, 
would you be the production manager and be in charge of, you know, the production? And I'm like, you guys know, like, <laughs> I just got, like, I've been only been on the set. And they're like, no, come on. So I had an opportunity and I bought Filmmaking for Dummies. And now it's streaming on Amazon and all these platforms. And uh, I'm sitting here with you. So, uh, and I'm my business partner, uh, Mark Denenbaum at 258 Studios. He's like, you're a producer. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Because I worked in news and news producing is different than film. So once he finally, you know, showed me, I'm like, holy crap, I am a producer, you know, and it's just like, it was a natural thing, but I just didn't know. So we're good friends and, you know, people who believe in you. I would never, you know, been here if it wasn't for all the people like my business partner, um, Mark Denenbaum and Ernie O'Donnell. And I mean, there was just so many people that it's like, you know, Ernie taught me how to curse as a kid in the basement of my friend's house when we snuck clerks, you know, <laughs> like, right. but he believed like to have those people like see something in you that you don't even see in yourself at that time. Um, you know, that's a, that's a gift. And, and I'm truly grateful, uh, to all of them for putting up with me and, <laughs> and honing me. It's like herding cats, you know, <laughs> you, brought me, you brought me to a point that I was going to, I was going to touch on later was your association with the U.S. universe, uh, with Ernie O'Donnell. I know, you know, Marilyn Gigliani and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Brian O'Halloran and of course the clerks crew, mm -hmm. uh, uh, obviously that also includes, uh, you know, Jeff Anderson, Kevin Smith, uh, Jason Muse. You know the, the the people comic book men, <laughs> comic book men. Obviously, you know the Jersey Crew. Um, mm -hmm. With that, with that in mind, um, when you started breaking into the business, how easy or hard was it to not call up those old contacts and say, "Hey, could you give me a foot in the door or or whatever else?" Like, and and how they reacted now that you've broken in. Um, honestly, I I grew up on a farm. You know, I had nothing my whole life. Um, I mean, not nothing. My parents worked very hard, but they worked in a factory and my dad got hurt. So they couldn't afford, like, I couldn't just go to spring break or, you know, do this. So my parents were like, you know, if you want to do this stuff, you have to find a, a different way how to do it. Um, so scholarships, you know, clubs, just being involved. So I've always had to hustle and bust my ass. And then, you know, 17 years ago, um, all of my behind the scenes uh, that nobody knew drug stuff, you know, like I was taking 70 to 100 Viking in a day while at Oxford University, uh, the number one school in the world. And I'm, you know, on drugs, but they gave me energy and whatnot. Um, so it was like I had everything ripped out from underneath me because it was pre opioid crisis and nobody knew what to do when I asked for help. And so, you know, the whole world, basically I was up here and then I just right flat on my back at rock bottom. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, but holy shit, I can't believe I made it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so I've always, I've always had to, you know, push myself. I've always had to work extra hard. It's nothing new to me. Um, I'm I'm totally okay with that. And, you know, failure, people call me dangerous now because they're like, you're not afraid to fail. I'm like, it's because I did it so much, <laughs> you know? So all of these little things that people are like, oh, you did it. No, no, no. <laughs> it makes, you know, adversity will either make you or break you. Um, and I just decided it's not going to break me. <laughs> well, see, you, you, again, you, 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 you jumped, you jumped, uh, you put the whole, uh, Heart before the horse here on me here because I was going to touch on the uh, base that there was a dark side in your career uh, with the uh, with the with the drug use and the drug addiction. How dependent were you and and 
And what did it take? What was the catalyst really that that brought you out of it? Like what what was the final straw that made made you say, okay, I'm at the bottom and I need to. Well, uh, I ran out of pills uh, for five years. I was taking them uh, because I had ovarian cysts real bad. Um, but honestly, I was two weeks into my freshman year at college away from home for the first time. Um, and September 11th happened. And I was conveniently located three miles from Three Mile Island, which was not in the brochure, you know. <laughs> so I got a potassium iodide pill that's in one of my scrapbooks because I kept that. Um, and it solidified that I wanted to work in news, but it also was for some anxiety and, you know, and I didn't want to feel, so I was compensating. Um, but my tolerance, I ended up taking a tolerance test, you know, with my DNA and whatnot. Cause I'm like, come on, like I should have been dead like a horse, you know? Um, but essentially the last week of Oxford during finals, I just ran out of pills and nobody could send them to me from the States. I couldn't get anything. Um, and you know, when, you're going to school at those old schools, their walls are super paper thin. Um, and when you're going through withdrawal, you know, your eyelashes hurt, you can shit and puke at the same time, you know? So, uh, when I went to the bathroom and did the two things at the same time and I came back and I had like a standing ovation from like seven of my classmates, <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I knew, but I didn't want to face it that something the size of a pencil top eraser was running my life. And I was like, how did this happen? Like, it just is so fast. And then it's like, uh oh, you know, well, that that was that was definitely going to be something that I've, I've never had the uh, the the misfortune of, of a, a drug addiction. However, I skirted alcoholism and mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're, I, I tried to live the rock star lifestyle in my 20s. And, you know, I tried to do it on a McDonald's budget. That's probably what saved my ass. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, um, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, were you consciously aware of it or was it just something that like one day you were like, oh my God, I'm an addict. No, I, you could consciously do it, but you don't want to face it because you know, you don't have to right then. So, um, I kind of almost, you know, backed myself into a corner, but I needed to, um, I was also very stubborn. So I needed to be, you know, thrown down, dragged through, like lose it all. Um, I needed that because otherwise you wouldn't have got my attention. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you pulled it out. And I mean, like, was, was the, uh, was the catalyst that helped you along too the career or also the family? Uh, like, Oh, what my parents, for sure. Everybody hated me. The whole world, literally, I had everything and they all, cause I drug addict, you're a failure. You're this, you know, and it's funny because they always tell you rock bottom is where failures and you're, you know, all the bad people go. But, um, you know, when I got to the top, I realized that all the people at the top at least had dipped their toe in, in rock bottom at some point. Because at first, it doesn't grow. And all the people pointing their fingers, they've never, they're still pointing their fingers. So if I would have listened to them, I would have just turned into them, you know. Um, right. And those people don't know. Rock bottom it's where you make or break people. A lot of people die because it's hard. But the ones who do go on and continue, you know, their stories are incredible. And I mean, I'm not, there are people who do a lot bigger and better things, you know, than I ever have, but it inspires me. And so you need to be the example just to show that's proof, you know, okay, it is possible. It's going to suck, but it's possible, you know? <laughs> That, that, that's what I was thinking. As, as you were saying, I'm like, I, I never liked the idea that rock bottom is 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 failure. I think I think 
people who stay in rock bottom are failures. Correct. But to me, I think I look at rock bottom as like the first step. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care what you look at it as. I just, everything is an opportunity and how you react and respond to it and how my father taught me that, you know, he was saying, you know, it's all how, what you think it's, it's, you know, he would tell me stories about my great, great grandparents or him and people saying, Oh, you can't do that. And he's like, that's why we're tenacious toys. And, you know, just, you know, there's a purpose for it. And, you know, there is. I mean, it's like, even like I said, even if you don't believe in God, it's still in the Bible. It says God chooses people to suffer so they in turn can help others who suffer. So, you know, I love saying that and then being like, well, how do you explain me then? If you're, if that's true, you know, like I'm not trying to be the jackass, but like, I'm going to be a little bit of a jackass. Cause you know, how do you explain me then? <laughs> got so much to say. <laughs> I know I've got it. Uh, I used to say that all the time as a, uh, uh, what, what's the old phrase? God only gives you what he feels you can handle. Well, God must think I'm a badass. Um. <laughs> Seriously. And sometimes I'm like, okay, now you're just showing off like, you know, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm grateful for all these opportunities and stuff. And, um, you know, after that, uh, my husband ended up, he, after he got home from the Navy, he ended up uh, dying of an overdose, a heroin overdose. Oh. Um, and I found, um, I found out the person who, who shot him up and my husband, he was just, he was, he had PTSD. Um, and he had only done it about once or twice, but, um, I messaged the guy and, uh, he wrote me back and I said, and I picked him up the next day at the halfway house. I took him to lunch and I said, um, I will help you if you could become the husband to your two kids and the, you know, or the husband to your wife and the father to your two kids that mine could no longer be, uh, you know, I'll help you. And he's like, you're the one person who's supposed to hate me and you're the only person willing to help me. And I'm like, yeah, cause I've been there and nobody helped me. Like I, I wanted to die when I was going through it. And I was like, and not even God wants me. But you know, when I promised myself, I said, if I ever get out of here, I'm, I'm not going to let anybody else go through it. And so he was shooting 50 bags a day plus, um, and he'd been in and out of prison. There was four of them all together, including my husband. And um, right now, he's not only been clean for the last nine years, he's got his family back, he's got a business, um, but he's the only one left. Uh, so I've proven that the only thing more powerful than drugs and addiction and all that is love and forgiveness. And I haven't even seen him in like two years, and it sustained itself because you know, people who go through a lot of adversity and, you know, he, he had a hard growing, like time growing up and being tossed around. And, you know, it's like the one time someone actually has no reason to come in and, and to, to kind of encourage and help you. And I did, I, I helped and I walked, you know, literally walked, I would pick him up from work sometimes. I mean, I didn't give him, you know, money and I didn't, but he would call me and, and I would try to encourage him and I, you know, all that stuff. And, and, you know, the thing is, is he took, from me, you know, my husband's life and, and I ended up giving him his and I am so happy for him. I'm, you know, if you can make something good come from something bad, how you respond, how you react to it. Everyone thinks I'm crazy, but now, you know, he's friends with everyone. I said, what's putting him in prison going to do? That's his second home. You know, like, what is that going to do? So I was fully ready to walk in there and have him tell me to go fuck myself because forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you. But I was going to try. So this is how it ended up, though. And I'm I'm so grateful, Um, you know, and, and he's a very good friend. He texts me, all, you know, every year and just reminds me and thanks me. And, you know, that 
in and of itself, I, I mean, it just makes me feel good. And I know that my husband would, you know, be happy to hear that, <laughs> you know, it's like honoring him by helping, you know, that guy. So. No, good. And, and that, that's something I think definitely needs to be commended, uh, personally, like on a personal note, I'm a person who I've always lived by the phrase, like I don't forgive and I never forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's not the right way to live, but I, I am a person who holds grudges. That's okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to, to hear, I like hear as much as I'm a grudge holder, I like hearing stories like that, where not necessarily like the, the bad thing that happened to you, I like hearing, but that you turned it into a positive, that you wound up helping somebody else out, that you gave forgiveness to somebody that most others would not, like I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, but that's what I love to do. I love doing what everyone, the opposite of what everyone normally does, you know, like, because then when you do it, you know, smartly, of course, like, you know, I don't go to third world countries unless I have like security and and actual like, I'm not going to be sex trafficked, you know, (laughs) but, um, you know, sometimes you just got to show people that there's nothing to be afraid of or just own it, man. Everyone is so ashamed and afraid and like, I'm just like, "Mm." This is me because it makes my story even better, you know, of, of the comeback story. You got to have a setback before you have a comeback. Basic rules in football, basic rules in life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely true. And it's kind of funny you said football. I was eating dinner before this interview and uh, Jeopardy was on. And uh, the, 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 one of the categories was free, uh, football phrases. And these, these three people that are on the panel, they're smart as hell. They're, they're naming things off of different things that, that I couldn't even fathom. <laughs> Figure out. They got to the football section. It was the last section left in that round. They didn't answer one question. <laughs> o or D. That's all I know. O or D, right? Now, that's funny. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's typical because, you know, a lot of those smart people just spend a lot of time studying. And that's cool, man. You know, like I was a cheerleader and I was a captain, but we never won football or basketball. Sorry, no offense. But so I didn't. I just did spirit chairs for four years, so I don't know how it works either. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was funny to me that you mentioned it at, right after uh, hearing that while I was eating a cheesesteak. Yes, I'm from Philly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Well, actually, I was dubbed by uh, Academy Award winner or winning producer Robert May. I mean, Queen of Serendipity. I mean, people tell me that all the time, so I'm not surprised, but <laughs> I love it. So, um, all right. So we turned a negative into a positive. You got yourself clean. You got yourself on track. Yeah, uh, you finished out college and uh, and jumped into the uh, broadcasting community, starting off like you said with the news. And what really progressed the the the, the transition from news bro- uh, broadcasting to to film, theater, television. Yeah, well, um, like I said, with the automation system, the control rooms were going from two people down to 12, or 12 people down to two um, all across. I mean, I I saw it and I helped, you know, a little bit to do it over in Europe for the Olympics at the major um, networks. So in 2014, when it came, you know, my thing is learn how it works because then they'll need you. Uh, I learned how it worked and then they picked me and two other people and we went and did all of these other stations to troubleshoot them and... You know, you got to be smart and and look ahead. Um, My mom, she worked in a factory, and so, and my dad got hurt. So I had always, like, grown up, the woman would work. And that was, you know, you always were there to help your husband and when he got hurt. But then RCA moved to Mexico. The plant went to Mexico. um, So 
my mom started college the same year I started college because of the NAFTA program. Um, and you know, it's like, I didn't want to have to do that. I didn't have to ever have to want to worry, but my parents instilled all, they gave me all the opportunities that they didn't have. Um, and I made sure I took advantage of them. I mean, granted I had a great time too, but you know, I mean, now it's fun to look back cause I live to tell about it, but it's like, wow. If I ever did half the shit that I did, I'd be dead. Like, you know, if I ever did one line of Coke, I think I'd just be dead. Like, I'm I'm done with that stuff. You got, y'all can have it. I just don't eat carbs now, so I can stay skinny. <laughs> uh, Safer. I, Safer. <laughs> I, like I told you, I skirted alcoholism, and uh, the catalyst for me to stop is becoming a father. Uh, uh, yeah, really- being a mom is nuts, man. A parent, it changes your life. But also, I get four-day hangovers, so, like, it was never my thing. <laughs> I, I, I replaced one addiction for another, you know, coffee. Nah, Coffee's my addiction. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay by me. <laughs> so, so yeah, now, now you've transitioned over, and as you stated, you've got a, an ongoing show right now that's uh, on the streaming services. Again, it was... Uh, 100 Acres of Hell. 100 Acres of Hell. Why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about that one? Sure. Um, it stars WWE superstar Gene Snitsky and um, Clerks Ernie O'Donnell. And it also has Samu Anawahi and Afa Anawahi Jr., who played the bad guy. Um, and uh, he's a, I hate even saying it, inbred mutant <laughs> who's trying to uh, hunt and, and, you know, kill these guys who came to go uh, have a guy's weekend on, a, on this, like, hunting preserve. Um, and here's a funny story. My, you know, when I was growing up, my father said that people weren't going to come and knock on my door here in rural Pocono mountains. So I had to go out and get it. So right. we filmed about almost half of the hundred acres of hell in my, on my property. So I had the whole team here and, and we filmed it. And so it was like, I didn't just get them to knock on my door. Like the whole team came. So it was a, a proud moment, I think for my parents to sit down and watch you know, this horror film and, and it was on Amazon and just to see it happen because people don't, a lot of people don't get to this side of things, you know, but I owed it to my parents because they, they believed in me when, when everyone else didn't. And that was hard. And I know that they were embarrassed and, you know, had to hold back on, I don't blame them. Um, but you know, at this point in time, I own it all. And my parents, you know, they've talked to other parents that their kids were going through it because now they understand it's like, there's you know, a purpose and, and they can encourage others. So, you know, it's cool to be able to, to teach your parents something too, even in this whole process. But, you know, all you need is one person to believe in you. Um, and I saw that. And so that's why I did it, you know, to that other guy. So <laughs> nothing's impossible. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. And and like, like I said, like going through your filmography, you've been involved with uh, What's a Podcast, comic book men london 2012 this is just going off the top of my head here and i mean it goes back pretty far 100 acres of hell you know uh which uh all of which you know successful in its own right like i again hulu with 100 uh excuse me yeah 100 acres of hell and comic book men i know was a successful series for a long time you know those are two right off the top of my head yet how were you able to to maintain anonymity for lack of better term being connected to the project well i just it's not about it's not about you know being known and all it is it was when i was growing up and everybody wanted you know you want attention you want that but 
then you just realize that if you just be who you are and if you just stay positive and you focus, because I don't get jealous about anybody else. I'm genuinely happy for all of my friends and all of the people who get, you know, success in their own right, because I'm focused on what I want to do and you're focused on what you want to do. And, you know, when you support everybody, every time I make a phone call and go, Hey, can you do this for me? Or could you do that? Yes, yes, yes. You know, and I do the same, uh, within reason, of course, but, um, it's weird because people believe in you. Um, and most of the time it's, and they all know my story. I make it very, you know, clear from the start, just because I don't want anybody to find anything else out and have to come to me. You, you hear from my mouth. I was, you know, I was, I was this, that I was the worst. Um, so I'm not ashamed of any of that stuff because I'm over here now <laughs> uh, and I own it and I'm proud of it. And when I go and talk, I always, you know, emphasize being proud of your failures. Um, parents look at me like I'm nuts, but the kids are like, oh, thank God. Finally, somebody, you know, because everyone's like, succeed, succeed. You can succeed after if you fail, if you don't, whatever. But just, you know, learn and just help each other. Like I said, all boats rise with the tide and. A lot of people don't, you know, believe that or, or whatever. And I've gotten screwed, sure, like out of, you know, business and whatnot. But that's okay. They all come back at some point because, you know, it's just you're a good person, man. It all just it it just keeps going good. That's it. <laughs> well, you you bring up a very good point with your outlook and 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 living, you know, for for lack of a better term here. And I apologize. I know it's I know it's Pride Month, so some there's I don't mean I don't mean to. To, to, to steal your thunder here, but, you know, I, I do know that living, living out as, as they usually say it is not an easy thing. Was that something you did straight from gate from, from your addiction battle that you lived? Mm, Was that no, I eased into it. I eased into it. But then, um, in 2017, I was chosen as Northeast woman and there was like a huge three piece color spread in the Sunday newspaper. And, I put it all out there and I remember my mom saying, you know, I wish you didn't say the cocaine. And I said, listen, I'm already, I, I've gone so far. Okay. Like I'm owning everything because I have nothing to hide anymore. Like, and I'm sorry that you're offended by that, but I'm still here. You know, like you were there when I buried my husband, it was the same age. You were 28. You know, I, how many of my friends have you gone? We buried if that's what, like, that should be the least of your worries because I don't do it anymore. Um, and I'm actually here and they're honoring me for it. So come on, be happy for me here, you know? <laughs> that was something I was definitely going to ask is, uh, you know, besides your parents, obviously your children too. I don't know how old they are. Um, yeah, they're going to be 16 and 14. So they're like teenage, oh, fun. That, that time, <laughs> time. But like, they, they see mom living out in the open and, and, and not only speaking her truth of, of what's going on, uh, but has gone on in her life, but is actually helping others and inspiring others with the story, people who battle with the addictions. Uh, no matter, I, I assume it's not just people who, who have opiate or, or cocaine. No. Obviously yeah, it's everybody. alcoholics, uh, uh, heroin addicts, even just depression and anxiety. Hot smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have all, have all heard your story and, and turned around because of it. Does that change their point of view? Like you're saying, like mom was like, oh, why are you talking about the cocaine? But now it would be more like, you know, Uh, you did. I'm very open. Um, My kids were six and four when their dad died, too. And I've been very open about that. Um, And it's funny because 
my husband died in uh, November of 2011, and the Olympics were the next summer in 2012. And I was a little hesitant because I knew that terrorists went to school at Oxford and Cambridge and they didn't need to get on a plane, just walk down the street, you know? And so I almost didn't go. And my oldest son said, you know, all my friends' mom said they could have done this and they could have done that. And I want to say that my mom did do that. And I'm like, holy shit, kid, you know, like both my sons, um, Gavin and Dylan, they actually inspired me because they actually like listened to me. Um, and I hear them on the phone and they're like helping their friends and they like, you know, they're not afraid to stand up for people. And it's just, it's the coolest thing. Cause they are 10,000 times better of human beings than I ever was. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but just being honest and, and not, it's not just like, oh, is your hair? Like explaining to them. And they're friends with that guy's uh, children now. Um, you know, so it, it's it's awesome. And, and they even said, you know, I'm glad that you didn't take their dad away from them. And I'm like, because you don't have to. Like, it's not all about, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth leaves the world with a bunch of toothless blind people. <laughs> so. That's a smart saying right there. That's mm. a smart saying right there. No, that's, that, that's absolutely awesome. But, you know, again, for, for the career here, what's next? With everything you've done and everything you've gone through, what, what's next in the world of, of Stacey Toy? Like, what, well, what do we do moving forward? Well, I am currently working on um, a documentary with a Grammy-nominated artist. His name's Clarence Spady. He's been dubbed the future of blues. Um, played with everyone from B.B. King to Eric Clapton, open for the Temptation Supremes. Amazing. Um, he's had, you know, 35, 40 year drug addiction. Uh, he lost his son last year to an overdose. And for the last few months, um, you know, he's been clean and we've been doing his documentary. But, you know, he's in his late 50s and I'm 36. And it is so amazing because I get to help him to see you know, a lot of different stuff um, in his journey and it, and it keeps him positive. And then Together, we just like, you know, it's like we're the degenerates. And, and yet it's weird because, you know, like I said, God only uses broken people because if, if he didn't, it's just so I don't know. It's just insane to see all that. But I'm I'm wanting that. Um, but to be honest with you, I've done everything that I have ever wanted to do, like because I wanted to work in news and all this stuff's extra. And um, I'm just kind of open to seeing and, and capturing something that comes or, you know, if nothing else, things tend to come to you um, with all the people, you know, everybody likes to be like, Hey, I want to work with you. You know, these people, Hey, come on, you're fine. You're positive. Uh, you know, you get things done. People will call, they always call, you know, and, and even if they don't, I'm going to still be okay. Cause you know, I always have, and I always will. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> With, with with the story with the story you told me about about the uh, the drug use the addiction and then obviously the success story of beating beating the monkey and <laughs> not spanking the monkey it's a completely different story. I'm uh, not that kind of girl <laughs> <laughs> beating beating the monkey and and inspiring and helping others like these are things you hear obviously in a documentary these are things you hear in an autobiography but if I could throw a suggestion it's a suggestion yeah that you could do and, and reach a lot of people. I could see a self-help podcast. Well, I consider it for sure. Um, the other thing I'm doing is I'm, I always kept a journal. I hand wrote a journal, so I'm going to release 
the journal as a book. I'm already putting it together with my, you know, updated, like, you know, things, because I think it's important to see the change in my handwriting, you know, seeing just like, I have anxiety. Like, if I'm going to help anybody, I got to be on the same level. Cause I remember at 3 a.m. being like, I have nothing. I want to be that something at 3 a.m. That's like, okay, well, at least I can make it to the next day. Um, and at least maybe I could start thinking a little different because you got to lie to yourself being like, I'm going to succeed since I can't die, you know? And it's funny because I go back and read all of it now and it's like it all manifested and came true and I didn't even know, but you still like, I'm going to do the process and absolutely I'm all for the podcast stuff. I think that guy um, would be better off at doing stuff because I, he has a purpose, you know, like, and, and to be able to talk. Um, because as much as I, you know, love talking about this stuff and I'm open to it, it's not, uh, what defines me, you know? And like, I just, I want to tell it and then, you know, it's there and, and then keep going. Cause it's not, it's not me, but I understand that you have to hear the example and, and, and see proof. So I'll do it. And then I'm going to go do other stuff. That's fun. You know? <laughs> no, absolutely. I get that. Like I said, it was just a, just an idea, but no, uh, I'm down for it too. So you know, we could talk about this, you know, as things progress, and maybe you can help me out then. <laughs> absolutely, it's been be a first time I've helped somebody out. Mm -hmm. Just do, do me a favor, if I do, don't forget me when you're big. <laughs> I, I'm, it's on video right now. Okay, it's on video. <laughs> I never forget other people because you know that's also part of it. Don't be an asshole. It's rule number one. <laughs> Well, Stacey, the big, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, but the big thing I got to do now is I got to have you, there's going to be listeners that want to know more, uh, or, or, or maybe have questions of their own besides what they would leave in the, uh, comment sections down below the YouTube or, or, you know, uh, wherever, mm -hmm. wherever all the podcasts come up. And so I've got to know it, 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 where can people reach you if they wanted to get in contact with you? Sure. Um, first disclaimer, if you send me dick pics, I'm going to put them with the other ones and I'm going to put out a newsletter showing everybody everything. So <laughs> don't send me any kind of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm on. <laughs> She's not lying about that either. I'm the first two pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe you'll get some residuals. Who knows? <laughs> um, so I'm on uh, LinkedIn at Stacey. So S-T-A-C-E-Y. T-O-Y. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook on that. Uh, Instagram, I'm at Stacey Toy. Um, I'm also uh, at 258 Studios is my company, 258 Studios on Facebook. And then on the website, uh, the number 258studios.com. Um, and yeah, we're there. And feel free to reach out if uh, I will get back to people. But just because of the COVID stuff and everything, like, you know, we're starting to slowly get back into things. So please don't be offended, um, you know, and, and don't do the Can you get me this person? Can you give me a million dollars? Come on now. Like, I mean, <laughs> we all know that that doesn't work. So if you're going to waste my time, that's OK, too. I, but I mean, you know, my last name's Toy. So just know I can fuck back, you know, fuck what you back. So. <laughs> lying either like she the, the contact her i mean she uh i won't i won't even i won't even mince words i'm setting up to talk to to one of her one of her actors slash ex-professional wrestler for one of my podcasts i just got done interviewing her one of her best friends and now i've got her on the show i didn't i didn't ask for any one of them she offered them to me so i mean <laughs> you don't All have tries with the tide man you know 
you don't if if, that, if if you're a podcaster or you're an interviewer or if you're somebody wanting to get into business, you don't have to heckler to do it. If she likes you, she'll do it for you. Yeah, just be good to me. I've never even seen you before until just now. You know, all you have to do if you're good to me, I'm good to you. And if you're not good to me, that's okay. I'll forgive you, but I don't forget. <laughs> See, she forgives. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> No, guys, my, as far as my listeners are concerned, I, I try to give a good show, a cool show, treat my guests with respect, and I ask that of my listeners to, to mm-hmm. my guests as well. So, again, guys, Stacy, thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode in any capacity, hit that thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts of Realm of Miss Entertainment. And, of course, if you prefer your podcast in audio-only format, we got you covered. Check out Realm of Miss Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. You could probably find us on a bathroom wall somewhere. Just wherever. <laughs> again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Please come back on again anytime. Anytime. Anytime you want me, man. It'll be cool. I, I enjoy it very much. And you guys, I will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's Chris from Realm of the Mist Entertainment. If you enjoyed this video, please hit that thumbs up button. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts that can be found on Realm of the Mist Entertainment's YouTube channel or our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for all your tabletop needs. And if you prefer your podcasts in audio-only format, check out Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. To our Patreon supporters, we thank you very, very much. And if you're interested in being a Patreon supporter, please go over to patreon.com slash realm of the mist and just a dollar a month gives you exclusive content and helps our channel out greatly. Guys, again, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you on the next episode.